0: Part fourteen of the works of Robert G. Ingersoll, Volume 3, Lectures, Abraham Lincoln. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording by Michelle Fry, Batonridge, Louisiana, in March 2020. Lecture three Abraham Lincoln part fourteen abraham lincoln strange mingling of mirth and tears of the tragic and grotesque of cap and crown of socrates and democritus of aesop and marcus aurelius of all that is gentle and just humorous and honest merciful wise laughable lovable and divine and all consecrated to the use of man while through all and over all were an overwhelming sense of obligation of chivalric loyalty to truth and upon all the shadow of the tragic end nearly all the great historic characters are impossible monsters disproportioned by flattery or by calumny deformed we know nothing of their peculiarities or nothing but their peculiarities about these oaks there clings none of the earth of humanity washington is now only a steel engraving about the real man who lived and loved and hated and schemed we know but little the glass through which we look at him is of such high magnifying power that the features are exceedingly indistinct hundreds of people are now engaged in smoothing out the lines of lincoln's face Forcing all features to the common mold, so that he may be known, not as he really was, but according to their poor standard, as he should have been. Lincoln was not a type. He stands alone. No ancestors, no fellows, and no successors. He had the advantage of living in a new country, of social equality, of personal freedom, of seeing in the horizon of his future the perpetual star of hope he preserved his individuality and his self-respect he knew and mingled with men of every kind and after all men are the best books he became acquainted with the ambitions and hopes of the heart the means used to accomplish ends the springs of action and the seeds of thought he was familiar with nature with actual things with common facts he loved and appreciated the poem of the year the drama of the seasons in a new country a man must possess at least three virtues honesty courage and generosity in cultivated society cultivation is often more important than soil a well-executed counterfeit passes more readily than a blurred genuine it is necessary only to observe the unwritten laws of society to be honest enough to keep out of prison and generous enough to subscribe in public where the subscription can be defended as an investment in a new country character is essential in the old reputation is sufficient in the new they find what a man really is in the old he generally passes for what he resembles People separated only by distance are much nearer together than those divided by the walls of caste. It is no advantage to live in a great city where poverty degrades and failure brings despair. The fields are lovelier than paved streets and the great forests than walls of brick. Oaks and elms are more poetic than steeples and chimneys. In the country is the idea of home, there you see the rising and setting sun you become acquainted with the stars and clouds the constellations are your friends you hear the rain on the roof and listen to the rhythmic sighing of the winds you are thrilled by the resurrection called spring touched and saddened by autumn the grace and poetry of death every field is a picture a landscape every landscape a poem every flower a tender thought and every forest a fairyland in the country you preserve your identity your personality there you are an aggregation of atoms but in the city you are only an atom of an aggregation in the country you keep your cheek close to the breast of nature you are calmed and ennobled by the space the amplitude the scope of earth and sky by the constancy of the stars lincoln never finished his education to the night of his death he was a pupil a learner an inquirer a seeker after knowledge you have no idea how many men are spoilt by what is called education for the most part colleges are places where pebbles are polished and diamonds are dimmed if shakespeare had graduated at oxford he might have been a quibbling attorney or a hypocritical parson lincoln was a great lawyer there is nothing shrewder in this world than intelligent honesty perfect candour is sword and shield he understood the nature of man as a lawyer he endeavoured to get at the truth at the very heart of a case he was not willing even to deceive himself no matter what his interests said what his passion demanded he was great enough to find the truth "'and strong enough to pronounce judgment against his own desires. "'Lincoln was a many-sided man, "'acquainted with smiles and tears, "'complex in brain, single in heart, direct as light, "'and his words, candid as mirrors, "'gave the perfect image of his thought. "'He was never afraid to ask, "'never too dignified to admit that he did not know. "'No man had keener wit or kinder humor.' it may be that humor is the pilot of reason people without humor drift unconsciously into absurdity humor sees the other side stands in the mind like a spectator a good-natured critic and gives its opinion before a judgment is reached humor goes with good nature and good nature is the climate of reason in anger reason abdicates and malice extinguishes the torch such was the humour of lincoln that he could tell even unpleasant truths as charmingly as most men can tell the things we wish to hear he was not solemn solemnity is a mask worn by ignorance and hypocrisy it is the preface prologue and index to the cunning or the stupid he was natural in his life and thought master of the storyteller's art in illustration apt in application perfect liberal in speech shocking pharisees and prudes using any word that wit could disinfect he was a logician his logic shed light in its presence the obscure became luminous and the most complex and intricate political and metaphysical knots seemed to untie themselves logic is the necessary product of intelligence and sincerity it cannot be learned It is the child of a clear head and a good heart. Lincoln was candid, and with candor often deceived the deceitful. He had intellect without arrogance, genius without pride, and religion without cant, that is to say, without bigotry and without deceit. He was an orator, clear, sincere, natural. He did not pretend. He did not say what he thought others thought, but what he thought if you wish to be sublime you must be natural you must keep close to the grass you must sit by the fireside of the heart above the clouds it is too cold you must be simple in your speech too much polish suggests insincerity the great orator idealizes the real transfigures the common makes even the inanimate throb and thrill fills the gallery of the imagination with statues and pictures perfect in form and color brings to light the gold hoarded by memory the miser shows the glittering coin to the spendthrift hope enriches the brain ennobles the heart and quickens the conscience between his lips words bud and blossom if you wish to know the difference between an orator and an elocutionist between what is felt and what is said between what the heart and brain can do together and what the brain can do alone, read Lincoln's wondrous speech at Gettysburg, and then the oration of Edward Everett. The speech of Lincoln will never be forgotten. It will live until languages are dead and lips are dust. The oration of Everett will never be read. The elocutionists believe in the virtue of voice— the sublimity of syntax, the majesty of long sentences, and the genius of gesture. The orator loves the real, the simple, the natural. He places the thought above all. He knows that the greatest ideas should be expressed in the shortest words, that the greatest statues need the least drapery. Lincoln was an immense personality, firm but not obstinate, obstinacy is egotism firmness heroism he influenced others without effort unconsciously and they submitted to him as men submit to nature unconsciously he was severe with himself and for that reason lenient with others he appeared to apologize for being kinder than his fellows he did merciful things as stealthily as others committed crimes Almost ashamed of tenderness, he said and did the noblest words and deeds with that charming confusion, that awkwardness that is the perfect grace of modesty. As a noble man, wishing to pay a small debt to a poor neighbor, reluctantly offers a hundred-dollar bill and asks for change, fearing that he may be suspected either of making a display of wealth or a pretense of payment, so Lincoln hesitated to show his wealth of goodness, even to the best he knew a great man stooping not wishing to make his fellows feel that they were small or mean by his candour by his kindness by his perfect freedom from restraint by saying what he thought and saying it absolutely in his own way he made it not only possible but popular to be natural he was the enemy of mock solemnity of the stupidly respectable of the cold and formal he wore no official robes either on his body or his soul he never pretended to be more or less or other or different from what he really was he had the unconscious naturalness of nature's self he built upon the rock the foundation was secure and broad the structure was a pyramid narrowing as it rose through days and nights of sorrow, through years of grief and pain, with unswerving purpose, with malice towards none, with charity for all, with infinite patience, with unclouded vision, he hoped and toiled. Stone after stone was laid, until at last the proclamation found its place. On that the goddess stands. He knew others, because perfectly acquainted with himself, he cared nothing for place but everything for principle little for money but everything for independence where no principle was involved easily swayed willing to go slowly if in the right direction sometimes willing to stop but he would not go back and he would not go wrong he was willing to wait he knew that the event was not waiting and that fate was not the fool of chance he knew that slavery had defenders but no defence And that they who attack the right must wound themselves he was neither tyrant nor slave he neither knelt nor scorned with him men were neither great nor small they were right or wrong through manners clothes titles rags and race he saw the real that which is beyond accident policy compromise and war he saw the end he was patient as destiny whose undecipherable hieroglyphs were so deeply graven on his sad and tragic face nothing discloses real character like the use of power it is easy for the weak to be gentle most people can bear adversity but if you wish to know what a man really is give him power this is the supreme test it is the glory of lincoln that having almost absolute power he never abused it except on the side of mercy wealth could not purchase power could not awe this divine this loving man he knew no fear except the fear of doing wrong hating slavery pitying the master seeking to conquer not persons but prejudices he was the embodiment of the self-denial the courage the hope and the nobility of a nation he spoke not to inflame not to upbraid but to convince he raised his hands not to strike but in benediction. He longed to pardon. He loved to see the pearls of joy on the cheeks of a wife whose husband he had rescued from death. Lincoln was the grandest figure of the fiercest civil war. He is the gentlest memory of our world. End of Part 14, The Summary and End of Ingersoll's Lecture on Abraham Lincoln